Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here from Up Next. And it is Tuesday, which means once again, I am here for a brand new episode of Deep Impact. And, oh, it's been a troubling one tonight. I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Andrew Thompson. Andrew, how are you, my friend? Davey, my good man. What's going on, sir? Uh, A pleasure to be with you on this March 2nd Yeah, good to be with you too. Sorry, just a few audio things going on here. Um, Yeah, right off the bat... um, this was a struggle to watch this week, right? A hundred percent, definitely was a struggle. Uh, the stream was lagging all throughout the night, man. Like the the last thing I saw before my stream just completely cut out, and I just gave up on trying to watch it. I saw Taylor Wilde uh, defeat Awesome Kong to win the TNA Women's Knockouts Championship. <laughs> the crowd popped for, so that was you know it was good to see, I guess. Yeah, so I believe uh, you were watching on Twitch today, um, as was I, as was John Ceno, who writes the reports for post-wrestling, and I think out of the three of us, I might have had the best feed, but yeah, Twitch was not good for Impact this week. Uh, It seemed to me that they've added some adverts, like actual Twitch adverts, rather than the uh, regular kind of old TNA clips they'd show which they were still showing but Mm. it seemed for me every time one of those commercials came up it just froze the stream and everything uh pretty much the the finish to every match my stream was messing up Sino, i know had to abandon even writing the report this week because his feed was so bad and similar with you uh yours cut out so much that um we're, we're gonna have to love you and leave you halfway through this review aren't we <laughs> yeah yeah we are man uh I, I don't i don't know what was going on with the stream tonight it was like but it, it seemed like of course we weren't the only ones like there were a bunch of people in the chat saying that the stream was messing up and a lot of people uh kind of dipped out halfway through the show 
Yeah, looking at their numbers on Twitch, it it went right down. I, I saw it was around like five, six thousand at the start, mm-hmm. and then it was way down to like three thousand views at the end. I think a lot of people just gave up, and we'll probably try and watch it again after the fact. Um, but thank you for joining us today. So what we're going to do a slightly different show this week. We're going to start off um, just getting into some news. Uh, I know you're our you're our newsman at Post Wrestling. So um, we're going to start off with some news items of the day, and then uh, you're going to leave us, and I'm going to run through tonight's Impact Wrestling as best as I can. And mm-hmm. we are live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash podcast. We do go live for all our post shows. Um, so hopefully some people in the Twitch room might be able to help me out if, if my stream cut at crucial moments. But first of all, uh, you have a couple of items for us to discuss today. Um, what's the first one? Yeah, yes, I do, uh, my good sir. Uh, firstly, as you, as you and as you and Braden Harrington will be discussing on tomorrow's edition of Up Next on March third, uh, the it was supposed to be a double championship edition of NXT, but as we all know, uh, Wesley, as uh, said last week on commentary by Vic Joseph, he suffered a broken hand. Now, normally when we see these things, when we hear these things, they can be uh, you, you don't want to say exaggerated, but it's just to increase the storyline aspect of what's going on. But Wesley mm-hmm. uh, indeed has a broken hand. He confirmed it himself. On Instagram, show uh, uh, posted like a ten-second video of a, a couple of a, a couple of pictures of his X-rays, and um, yeah, man, he's uh definitely out. And instead of that, they're going to do Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch versus Tommaso Ciampa and Tim Thatcher in a non-title tag team match. And um, this seems like that's going to be a placeholder uh for uh until MSK can can get cleared and, and they'll be ready to go. But we will indeed be still seeing uh. Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez challenging Nia Jack to Shayna Baszler for the women's tag team titles. Yeah, I think this is the most excited I've been for a Nia Jax match ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I am actually, I think they've built that tag match really well. I really hope um, they put the titles on Raquel and Dakota. I think um, they'd be much better suited in NXT where you've got a lot of strong women and already formed tag teams. You don't even need to throw people together. So I'm very much looking forward to that one. Really disappointing with uh, Wesley. Such a shame because MSK, I think last week you and I were just raving about how how good they've been. And it's it's really unfortunate. But um, hopefully a, a hand injury won't be too long out of action was there any time frame announced or anything uh no 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 time frame uh all, all we know is that he like legitimately does have a broken hand uh you, you know those things can can I, I guess sometimes can be tricky in some cases just depending on how severely injured he is mm. uh and he hasn't shared any specific details about it and there hasn't been anything uh, additional reported about it the only thing that's out there is that his hand is indeed broken to be honest i think uh you should maybe somehow try and get the titles on Grizzled Young Vets. Man, have them weasel the their way. Thing, bro. I'm I'm you. a big <laughs> fan of Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, but I kind of feel they got given the titles a little bit too late and they haven't done a whole lot with them. I think um, a rematch from the Dusty Finals, but this time for the title with MSK trying to um, beat Grizzled Young Vets. I think that's the way to go moving forward, and that way you can you can kind of fill in that TV time until Wesley's ready to go again. But uh, yeah. yeah, unfortunate news there. Uh, what else have we got? Call. I believe there's some more NXT news. Yeah, for sure. I just wanted to add on to what you just said the last time. That was a great call, right there on Grizzled Young Vets. I think that's the the best way to go. But uh, also, Davey, 
uh, the National Wrestling Alliance is officially back in business. They have partnered with Fight TV. Uh, people will be able to watch NWA program where a uh, what was described. I'm not saying that it was described by Billy Corgan himself doing his Associated Press interview as a, a low cost subscription bundle that you can get on uh, on Fight TV. And they are going to be back for their back for the attack pay-per-view on March 21st. And also, Davey, the grand return that everybody has been waiting for. NWA Power will be airing Thursdays starting March 23rd at 6.05 p.m. Eastern on fight um B- billy corgan spoke very highly of tony khan during the, his associated press interview and just thank tony for being a friend and for spotlighting uh the nwa on dynamite um B- billy said the plan for them was to always um move their content onto some type of some some type of streaming service uh, i know people kind of got i guess concerned or maybe just may, maybe interested is the uh, better better word to put it when uh, the NWA took all the videos off their YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. But he uh, reassured people that that had nothing to do with any type of financial problems. He said this was always the move for the NWA to move their content over, and they were hoping to do that last year. But the pandemic kind of you know of course put everything on hold like it did for many people. But yes, the NWA is back uh, in a couple of weeks. They will be back in the swing of things, and uh, their first show, that pay per view show, is going to be in. Celebration of the life of one uh, Joseph Husson, who we all know, uh, f- or who some of us know as uh, Josephus, and others know as the question mark from from NWA Power. Excellent, uh, good stuff. It, were you a fan of Power uh, when it was on YouTube uh, last yeah, year? Yeah, man, it was a good show. It was a quick, quick show. It was a good watch. So uh, I know John Cena's celebrating somewhere because he's just got another show he has to watch now <laughs> every week for Shot in the Dark. Um, but good news, uh, it's it's been really cool, I think, the last year that AEW have had that relationship with them. So the NWA hasn't felt kind of entirely dead um, when you've had uh, the NWA Women's Championship featured on, on Dynamite uh, quite regularly. So... Yeah, good to see them get a deal. I, I'm curious to know what this um, like price plan is because there's a lot of wrestling out there already. Yeah. So I I don't know. It, it's going to be a hard sell, and it's going to be have it's going to have to be something quite uh, affordable for for me, and I'm sure a lot of others to to sign up to fight to watch NWA. And I I'm sure they'll get interest for the pay per views and things still, but. These weeks are looking so full right now. You're talking um, your Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW alone is quite a lot for a week. And then when you're throwing in Dark, you're throwing in New Japan Strong, you're throwing in L- MLW, ROH, Impact, all of the, these shows. The, the, it, the Monday AEW show. The Monday AEW show, absolutely, yeah. Um, what? Sorry, what days is it that NWA is, is going to be on now, Power? Thursdays. Thursdays okay so kind of empty day <laughs> so at least yeah. they've done that right yeah um so shorty in the twitch room says power is going to be uh on the fire app and it's 4.99 um i i don't know whether i assume that's monthly would you think um i've yeah, not yeah, yeah. it got, gotta be monthly bro gotta yeah. be monthly gotta okay. be so yeah five five bucks the same as the lovely patreon I, I do patreon.com slash up next. So uh, yeah, I think that's the right price point for it. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely try and check out as much as I can when, when kind of my week allows it, it's probably going to be similar before kind of have to cherry pick matches and things, but 
Um, good for them. I know NWA were kind of onto something. It was fresh, like going back, kind of doing the old old school studio style way and uh, like call back to the old style of wrestling. So um, I think I think it's a different product that does stand uh, out from everything else. So hopefully they'll get an audience for it. Yeah, and uh, it was just to mention uh, the the talent departures that they had, man, uh, over the past year. Ricky Starks, Marty Bell, Allison Kay, uh, Serena Deeb is signed with AEW, like, and she's mm-hmm. carrying the NWA World Women's Championship. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people uh, look at Thunder Rosa, but she's still under, she's under contract uh, with the NWA, I think, until the end of this year or sometime around this year. But I, right. I know a lot of people kind of view her as sort of an, an AEW talent, even though she's still contracted to the NWA. So um, it's going to be interesting to see who they bring in and the talents that they have on hand. Uh, you know, there's been some names thrown out there that people have suggested, like no, nothing confirmed, but, you know, just fun names to, to, to think about that could possibly come back uh, uh, into, the, into the NWA fold. Excellent. Um, yeah, still some. Uh, I know the Twitch chat right now is just going off on different details for power, but um, mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll all be confirmed very soon, and we'll we'll know for sure what's going on. Uh, any other items you want to talk about this week? Uh, yeah, man. Lastly, uh, one that I think you you will find extremely interesting. Now, just just, just to preface this, everybody, this is not confirmed. WWE has not confirmed this, but it was first reported by the Mad Men podcast, and then. Uh, the, this specific portion of this, uh, this report was confirmed, a specific portion of this report was confirmed, uh, by Dave Meltzer of F4W Online that NXT could possibly be moving to Tuesday nights, uh, after WrestleMania. Uh, just for clarification, the deal is not done or it is not official, but the part of this that was confirmed was that the, but that this was heavily discussed about, um, NXT, uh, making the move to Tuesday nights and ending the Wednesday, the Wednesday night wars, um, as as they're called now uh, after WrestleMania, so uh, maybe uh, the impact might be some competition at APM, man. Yeah, um, I mean, this has been something that I feel keeps on coming up in the news every now and then. A possible move for NXT. Um, there's selfishly, uh, from my point of view, it, it's going to be interesting because it, it's going to absolutely change my schedule, and uh, Braden's definitely. Um, with how we're kind of going to do all these shows. Um, on the other hand, it's going to be nice being able to watch AEW live for me. Yes. Um, like that's cool. Not going to have to do the avoiding Twitter until we finished NXT and all of that. Um, it's going to be a good thing at at the end of the day. It's going to be good for the fans who want to watch both shows. You're going to start seeing a, a, a more honest reflection of viewership of what wrestling can actually draw. I think for for these kind of shows, um, a shame for Impact definitely because I think they're definitely going to have viewership taken away from them by NXT. Um, I just hope they that there've been good things and there've been bad things by being head to head. I think at times um, maybe WWE, sorry NXT especially, have hot shotted a few things to try and just target like attack them, kind of go against them, but. The things I love, I've loved the kind of almost mid-season pay-per-views, if you know what I mean. The Wednesday night specials, yeah. your um, your Great American uh, Bash, Bash and all those mm-hmm. kind of things. And I hope that's something that even moving days, they still build up to those special, um, well, Tuesday nights, I, get, I guess, um, big events. That's something I hope they 
they keep. But uh, yeah, it's at the end of the day, it's it's definitely going to shake things up for me personally. But I, mm-hmm. I think it's probably the best move. But also part of me is like, NXT was fucking here first. Why are we moving days? <laughs> you know, we've had Wednesday for a while. Um, so, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on the potential move? Yeah, you, you want to know what, like, just from, like, the the, the the times over the past year or so uh, that we've, almost a full year that we've been in the pandemic, crazy. But, uh, like, I know, like, during those times when NXT was on a different night or AEW was on a different night, I know there have been like uh, maybe three or four times that that's happened over the past year or so. Like people have seemingly like really enjoyed like when they've been able to watch one show and then, you know, watch the other one the following day, like or or, or watch it whenever they, you know, watch whenever they can. But like it just seems like it might be a good thing just for just for wrestling fans. Like I I felt like the 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 back and forth thing was, was like really good when fans were in attendance. And it, it just seemed more lively and more like, and I don't know, everything seemed more like energetic. But like ever since the pandemic happened, it, it, it's had its great moments as well. But like it just wasn't the same. It didn't hit the same. So I'm, I'm excited for the, like, that- if it does, if it does genuinely happen. But, you know, it. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we eventually going to see if it, if it does come to fruition uh, after WrestleMania. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I, I think just fans will grow for both. I don't think you'll necessarily have that. I mean, maybe you will, because wrestling fans, let's face it, we're all weird. Uh, but mm-hmm. there, I hope there's not kind of that animosity between the two fan-wise, because that's the thing that I just haven't got. Like, okay, you you can like both shows, and now it's even more readily available for you to watch both live um, if, it, if the move does happen. But yeah, uh, definitely going to shake things up a bit at, up next if that does happen. Uh, any other final bits of news or things you'd like to talk about before we go into the impact review? Uh, that is it, good sir. That's it. Well, Andrew, thank you for joining us. Uh, what do you have coming up on the site? Uh, just a just a bunch of written work, man. And uh, of course, as it was announced, uh, Ronda Raw is going to have uh, everybody's going to be on the, a part of the uh, the the post wrestling podcast day, man. So oh yes, be very exciting next month. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Brayden and I are uh, putting together our plan of what to do. It will actually be our third anniversary of podcasting on that day as well. So, um, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we are going to have to try and come up with something. Uh, have you got a little plan? Have you got something in mind? Yeah, me, me and uh, good brother Nate are going to be doing a podcast, and we 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 cooking up cooking up some ideas, man. We might have some up the sleeve. Awesome. Sounds good. And uh, well done on the Eddie Guerrero show with uh, Martin and Neil. I I listened to that uh, last week and thoroughly enjoyed it. Good stuff. Very appreciate it, man. Thanks. Go check that out on the British Wrestling Experience feed. Um, But Andrew, thank you. Hopefully we can talk about the whole show next week uh, and not just the news. Uh, But I'll let you get off to bed now. But thank you very much. Just before we continue, I did just get a little message from a very embarrassed Andrew Thompson saying that he did get the date wrong with NWA Power. It will be returning Tuesdays at 6.05pm starting on the 23rd of March. So Tuesdays are possibly starting to look very, very full up. Okay, 
Right, well, this is a first for me, doing a show on my own, so let's see how we go. But thankfully, I've got the lovely Twitch room with me tonight, um, who can help me out on this review. But before we get into Impact, let's go and check out this week's schedule on Up Next. Uh, we've already mentioned it, but Shot in the Dark with John Ceno is coming out tomorrow afternoon. Ceno uh, will be covering the... Uh, AEW Women's Tournament, the Moxley versus Kenta match from New Japan Strong, the NXT UK Tag Championship, um, and so much more. All the shows that maybe you didn't watch in the last week, he will catch you up with everything in just under 15 minutes. So that's coming out tomorrow afternoon on the Up Next feed. And then tomorrow evening, as always, every Wednesday for now. A brand new episode of Up Next, myself and Braden Harrington running through tomorrow night's NXT, which is featuring that big women's tag title match, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez taking on Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Very much looking forward to that one. Then Thursday, 1pm, on the Twitch feed, twitch.tv slash upnextpodcast, we will be doing a brand new episode of BD Elite talking about AEW Dynamite featuring the big match between Cody Red Velvet taking on Shaq and Jade Cargill. Very big night of wrestling tomorrow night. So that'll be available 1pm on Twitch, live on Thursday, or you can just download the podcast after the fact on our free feed. Thursday night, 6pm, we are going to be going on our friend's channel, friend of the show, Stephanie Chase. Search for Stephanie Chase on YouTube. She does a ton of fantastic interviews and is uh, has been covering AEW quite a lot over the last year. And as we've got the big exploding barbed wire death match coming to Revolution this Sunday, Stephanie has invited Brayden and myself on her channel to do a live watch-along of Terry Funk versus Onita in an exploding barbed wire death match time bomb massacre. It's crazy. Uh, so come and join us 6pm Eastern Time. That's 11pm for the UK and I mean... Work it out wherever else you are. That'll be Thursday night. And that leads us perfectly to a free show we're doing this Friday. Where Braden and I are joined by Damien Abraham from Fucked Up, Turned Out a Punk, to talk all about the best death matches ever. This will be on the free feed. We'll be talking about that Onita Terry Funk match. We'll be talking about piranha matches, about 60-minute deathmatch gauntlets, John Moxley versus uh, brain trauma. Oh, it's brain damage, sorry. it's I've seen so many of these matches over the last few days, and they are nuts. So we're really getting in the mood for Revolution. That will be dropping this Friday, and the feedback thread is available on the post-wrestling forum. Saturday, a brand new episode of Was Next on the Patreon. We'll be talking all about the February 20th, 2013 edition of NXT, where we finally find out who is Sasha Banks' secret admirer. And Biggie Langston versus the Ascension Conor O'Brien in the main event. And then Sunday, the real main event. We'll be doing a live watch-along for AEW's Revolution, 8pm 
twitch.tv slash upnextpodcast, followed by a live post show, myself and Brayden, and the audio form will be available for patrons after the fact. It's a busy, busy, busy week. But enough of that. Let's get into this week's Impact Wrestling. We start off with a number one contender's triple threat match for the X Division Championship. It's Black Taurus taking on Ace Austin, taking on Chris Bay. Now, these three won a six-man tag match last week, which enabled them to be in this triple threat match this week, and the winner will go on to face TJP for the X Division title at Sacrifice. Taurus is showing off his strength early on, and Bay and Austin are trying to double-team him. They hit tandem suicide dives to the eight outside, which takes him out for a little while. Bay and Austin are now going at it. They start off quite slowly. They're going into some uh, chin locks, and then they start getting a bit cocky as they're countering each other's moves. Bay blows a kiss at Austin, but then Austin counters out, out of a hold by doing a cartwheel, both showing off their arrogance. Uh, kind of an anything you can do, I can do better sort of thing. They then do the spot where both go for a kick and they grab each other's leg and decide to uh, both put it down at the same time. Bay goes for a springboard, but Taurus grabs the ankle, which takes him out. Um, Austin then goes for a, summer, a suicide dive, but gets caught by Black Taurus and dumped on top of Bay. There's a shin breaker followed by a flying rolling elbow from Taurus, which looked pretty nice. Bay then sends Austin to the outside and spikes Taurus with a DDT for a two count. And then Taurus gets Bay up in the air for a delayed vertical suplex. But as he's up there, Ace Austin hits a springboard dropkick, knocking them both down. Uh, he then goes for the fold on Chris Bay, but gets pounced by Black Taurus. And then Taurus hits this awesome looking pop-up Samoan drop to Bay, which looked great. It was probably my highlight of the match. Bay then catches Austin with a high kick, goes for the art of finesse, but Fulton, Madman Fulton that is, knocks Bay off, allowing his friend Ace Austin to hit the fold. One, two, three. Ace Austin wins the match in eight minutes, 19 seconds, and will be challenging TJP for the X Division Championship at Sacrifice. Um... I gotta say, I was a little bit disappointed from this match. Uh, Andrew and I have been talking the last few weeks about how hot Impact has started off by by putting on some little bangers to start the show. And looking at the three involved, I thought we were going to be in for something very special. Unfortunately for me, it didn't quite live up to that. Um, the moment when Black Taurus was taken out and Bay and Austin were going to get go at it. I was expecting a bit more. They kind of went a little slow for these two guys. And you could just see Taurus on the outside waiting for his spot to come in the whole time. Um, like, th these guys are fantastic. So you still had some great moves. I, I just was expecting something a, a little bit more than this. Um, it just felt like a classic triple threat. You know, one waits outside for a long while as the other two go at it. And just didn't quite hit for me. We go backstage where Jazz and Jordan Grace is being interviewed and they say they know that it was Diona Perazzo who took out ODB last week. Obviously, last week we found uh, ODB was taken out backstage. 
And that's when Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles come in and say that they should be worried about their upcoming tag title match um, rather than being worried about what's happening with ODB. Jordan Grace tells them that you seem to have forgotten that we're the team that you haven't actually beat. You've never beaten us. Kira and Tasha said that they're going to watch the main event between Jordan Grace and Diona Perazzo from ringside. And Jordan suggests, you know what? How about I give you the platinum package? And they're going, what? Platinum package? Uh, obviously playing off of the fire and flavor fest where Kira and Tasha were trying to sell platinum packages just a couple of weeks ago. Jordan says, yes, I want to give you the platinum package where you can actually sit in the ring. In actual fact, I'm going to make it a triple threat match. So the main of the ev event of the evening is now changed. It's now Jordan Grace taking on Diona Perazzo and Kira Hogan in a triple threat match. We go backstage and we see Matt Cardona is in a sleeveless referee shirt. He did promise Scott Demore last week he'll get the guns out. He's working out those biceps and they're looking pretty big. They're looking pretty big. That's when Brian Myers comes out and he's been bad mood Brian for quite a while, but this seemed a completely different Brian Myers. Seemed very happy to be there, uh, really chummy with his friend. He's talking about what a great podcast they did the other day. And Cardona says, look, Brian, I know what you're doing. And trust me, I don't want to be caught in the middle of this. He says, I didn't want to come to Impact to tag with you or fight you. And I certainly didn't think I'd be refereeing. But I can assure you, I'm going to call the match right down the middle. Myers says, eh, I mean, you can call it down the middle-ish, suggesting that Cardona's going to help out his friend a little bit. And Cardona just says, look, I'm sorry, but that wouldn't be too professional, would it? Um, playing on the fact that Brian Myers calls himself the most professional wrestler. I actually quite liked this. Um, Andrew and I were a bit sceptical because obviously it is so well known how good friends these two are and that they've got their podcast and everything. And I kind of like how they're telling this story where, yeah, they are friends outside of Impact, but when they come to work, uh, they're kind of clashing a bit in that work environment. And I thought they, they actually told this story pretty well. They haven't gone completely off the deep end right away where they help, where they hate each other, but they're slowly building that tension. Uh, so I actually thought that was pretty good. We go to our next match of the evening. Tanil Dashwood being accompanied by Caleb with a K taking on Havoc. Uh, the match starts with Tanil immediately just trying to chop down the bigger Havoc. She's attacking the legs with kicks. And she goes for a side Russian leg sweep to take Havoc down. But unfortunately, Havoc picks her right up. Tanil's then kicking her legs around as Havoc's staggering. And they stagger into the ropes where Caleb gets up on the apron and helps Tanil, making the save. Tanil then goes for multiple pinfall attempts and actually has the advantage over Havoc for quite a while. She chokes Havoc over the second rope as Caleb is taking a photo on the mobile phone. We then get a big boot from Havoc, getting her back into the match. There's a backbreaker clothesline combo from Havoc for a two. Tanil goes for another roll-up, this time putting the feet on the ropes, but only a two count. 
Caleb gets on the apron again for a distraction, causing Havoc to miss a leg drop, and then Tennille Dashwood hits the spotlight, which is kind of like the, the claymore kick to the side of the head, and Tennille Dashwood wins in 8 minutes, 11 seconds. Um, this was fairly basic to me. I, I quite like the, the new finish for Tennille, the kick, and quite like the name, Spotlight. It suits her character well. Um, it, it just seemed a little bit pedestrian for me, this match. It never really kicked into the, the next gear. Um, Caleb getting involved way, way too much. And it, it just seems the, to be the fact with impact with everything. It, if you've got a manager at ringside, they're going to get involved. And I know it's the heel thing to do and that's what heels do. They cheat. And I'm fine with that, but maybe not so many times in such a short match. After the match, Nevaeh runs out attacking Caleb and hits the reverse STO twisted DDT, um, like the like the dream D, uh, dream DT we see on NXT, um, ending the segment. Okay, this next segment I'm going to admit is going to be a little bit of a struggle. This is where streaming issues were happening a lot, and the audio mixing on this next segment was pretty atrocious, in my opinion. We see Sammy Callahan, who does this um, gimmick where he keeps on like hacking the video monitors and it kind of goes black and white and staticky and has his symbol in the corner. So he's hacked the video and he's at Trey's wrestling school and he's looking at all these um, kind of pictures and accolades that are hung up along the wall and he's just criticizing them all. He sees a picture of match of the year and he goes, huh, match of the year for Trey. Well, that's undeserved. And he goes, look at all these passionless photos of Trey Miguel. Then sees a little picture of the rascals. And he says, I wonder if they remember Trey because they kicked him to the curb because he has zero passion. He then goes into the trainer's office and asks to see Trey, but he's told that Trey has gone away. So Sammy beats up the trainer. He then goes into the, uh, the gym where we see all these trainees are training I guess and starts attacking them he pulls out a steel chair and then uh, unfortunately I didn't catch this guy's name because the, the audio mix was really bad in this it was really hard catching the audio over all the sort of static interference that they'd added on top um, but from what I assumed he's another trainer at the school um, he's asking him where Trey is and he says, you're teaching all these students to be losers. They're going to lack the passion, just like um, Trey does. And then he puts this trainer's head in between a chair, grabs a baseball bat, goes to smash down on it when a trainee comes out for the save. And Sammy starts talking to him and says, I am here to save you. Let's have a talk. You're in good hands now. So... As I said, this was kind of tricky for me to piece together because of just the bad audio and the streaming issues. But it looks like Sammy Callahan has recruited one of Trey Miguel's trainees uh, to be kind of like a disciple of his uh, uh, companion, whatever. Um, I like the idea, uh, just Sammy still getting under the skin of Trey Miguel. I, I think the idea is great. I think 
in execution, this was just done really poorly. And this this wasn't a case of the performers. It was just um, just the editing. Okay, we go back to Swinger's Palace. Now, if you're new to Impact, Johnny Swinger has his own casino at Impact Wrestling called Swinger's Palace. TJP is there with his X Division Championship. He's playing uh, Blackjack against the dealer, Johnny Bravo. And that's when Ace Austin comes in. And Austin says, don't bet against an ace. And this ace is going to be two-time X-Division champion. And Bravo hands TJP over some money. So Austin looks a bit confused and TJP goes, oh, I I knew you were going to say that. He then, uh, Chris Bay then enters looking mad. He looks really angry and calls Fulton angry madman Fulton. TJP asks why Bay is so angry. He says, oh, are you saying the ultimate finesse got finessed? Obviously, because he was kind of cheated out of his win um, against the match against Austin and Taurus earlier in the night. Austin then tries to flirt a little bit with Alicia Edwards. And Bay and Austin are going to go at it and start fighting when Johnny Swinger enters. And he says, stop fighting. Well, at least until I can get the odds. And TJP then goes, da, 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 which is a favorite here at Post Wrestling. I'm sure he listened to John Pollock making fun of him doing that because this has been, uh, this has been, happened more than once now on Impact and it, it always does get a chuckle out of me. So yeah, TJP going da, 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 to Bravo as he gets more money, as he, I guess, predicted everything that happened here. But this confirms that we're going to get Chris Bay versus Ace Austin next week on impact um i kind of enjoy this swingers palace setting i think of all the kind of comedy settings they've been doing over the last year wrestle house all of that um i think this kind of works i think there's something about wrestlers and gambling and bars that kind of go hand in hand so it's it's a good environment for wrestlers to be in to push stories forward and have a bit of fun a little bit of comedy so no problem with that we then get a flashback moment of the week, which is from Sacrifice 2011, where we see Sting taking on RVD. Excuse me, sip of water. I don't know how Sino does this every week. We go to Violent by Design. We see Eric Young talking to Dina, and he's call- calling Dina a failure for losing. He lost against uh, Cousin Jake, and he lost against him in the tables match as well. He says, losing makes you weak. Weak makes you prone to disease. Your eyes are open, though. If you don't do the right thing, the disease will grow. And then we kind of get the a rip-off of the Halloween theme, like a da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It starts playing in the background as Joe Doring appears and takes Dina into another room, and we just hear a lot of noise. It just sounds like Dina's beat... Sorry... Doring is beating the shit out of Dina to teach him a lesson. Um, yeah, this... I'm not a massive fan of this faction, to be honest. I do think the, the character change has been good for Dina. Um, I'm interested in seeing a bit more of Joe Doring. We, have, we still haven't seen him wrestle a great deal, and I think he's maybe the most interesting part of this group. Um, and... Eric Young, just the the whole kind of cult leader thing. I'm just personally over in wrestling. 
Um, so yeah, just beating a lesson into Dina by by the looks of it. I don't know. I can possibly see this continuing with Dina constantly getting beat downs and Jake eventually saving him. And maybe we go all the way back to the beginning. It wouldn't completely surprise me. We then go to a paid advertisement from AEW. It's the Tonys and they're hyping up Revolution. Tony Khan is still wearing the heart-shaped sunglasses from Valentine's Day. Uh, he says tomorrow is the crossroads. So it appears like they're giving tomorrow's AEW a bit of a moniker. They're calling it the crossroads. Uh, and Tony Khan says, I'm going to give an assessment of the pro wrestling industry. He says, impact, we may argue, but you're one of us. New Japan Pro Wrestling is one of us. It's us against them. And I don't think I need to tell you who them is. And he says, before AEW was a thing... You were the leaders in this whole thing, Impact, but I'm the leader now, and I'm a strong leader. I'm firm, but I'm fair. He says, Don Callis, you wanted this exploding barbed wire death match, and I granted that match because we're on the same side and we're on the same team. And then he promotes tomorrow, he says, we're going to hear from Paul White for the first time as he walks through the forbidden door. He says how big this forbidden door must be having someone the size of Paul White in the company. And it just goes to show that anyone can come to AEW at any time. They then hype up tomorrow's matches. We've got FTR and Tully Blanchard taking on Jurassic Express. We've got Shaq and Jade Cargill taking on Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. We've got Jericho and MJF press conference. Dark Order's 10 taking on Max Caster and Nyla Rose versus Ryo Mizunami in the final of the Women's Eliminator Tournament where the winner will go on to face Hikaru Shida on, at Revolution on Sunday. Um, this wasn't as funny as a lot of their paid-for advertisements, but I would say it's kind of newsworthy. It was just interesting hearing Tony saying that it's us against them. Um makes you wonder if more people are going to team up, perhaps. Uh, Andrew obviously went into the NWA news at the beginning. Uh, I found it curious that he didn't mention NWA here. Um, but yeah, us against them. Uh, kind of cool. And uh, yeah, also the Forbidden Door stuff again. Tony Khan is constantly saying that anyone can come to AEW at any time. So... I expect a few more surprises down the line on Dynamite. We then get a, a vignette for Moose for his match at Sacrifice against Rich Swan, where he basically says he's going to fulfill his destiny and become the new Impact Champion. We go to our next match of the evening. It's the Good Brothers partnering with Finjuice to take on Reno Scum and Triple XL. You can see there's a lot of animosity between the Good Brothers and Finjuice here as they're tagging each other in and out. They're very aggressive with their tags. The Good Brothers double-team AC Romero for a while. Uh, Gallows actually has quite a nice hot tag here where he's just running roughshod over Triple XL. They go to hit the Magic Killer to Thornstow, but then they put him down to kind of have a bit of an argument with Finjuice on the apron. And then they just pick him up again and hit the magic killer. One, two, three, four minutes, six seconds. Um, 
personally, I, I found this match really pointless. Um, nothing really happened. And I, I didn't quite get sure. We, we've had a bit of banter backstage and on the mics between these two teams. But I didn't get... This seemed to escalate. We seemed to miss a step. And these guys hated each other way too quickly. Um, I didn't quite understand the whole going for the magic killer and then just stopping it to have an argument. And then Thornstow just still being laid out. Um, I also think the tag division is really weak now. You've Finjuice on Impact Wrestlers, right? They're, they're from New Japan. They're coming over, which I think is cool. I think it's great that we're having Finjuice on Impact. But they just squashed two of your actual tag teams on Impact. Reno Scum and Triple XL. Don't get me wrong. I'm not massive fans of either of those teams. But they are two of your only tag teams, I feel, in your company. And just having them jobbed out so like they didn't get anything in and just this stupid arguing between good brothers and finjus this this really didn't work for me at all um after the match they continue arguing as they're making their way backstage rich swan then has a video package uh similar to the moose one just hyping up the match for uh for sacrifice he says that he wants to solidify himself as the real world champion. He says Moose has done everything in this company except the one real thing. He claims to be the world champion, but he is not. And he doesn't have the fire and determination. The fire within. Um, so basically saying Moose is a fake champion. The Impact Championship is the only real one. And uh, yeah, they're going to fight at sacrifice. Both these video packages were done pretty well and I, I didn't think it was a bad idea seeing that we still got a couple of weeks to go uh, I didn't think it was a bad idea to necessarily not have them on tonight's show we're backstage and the Good Brothers and Finn Juice are still arguing backstage uh, Finley accuses them of almost losing and Carl Anderson says no we saved you and they say why don't you just go back to being young boys and carrying our bags Finley says the only thing we should be carrying is the Impact titles. So Gallo suggests the match at Sacrifice. It's David Finley and Juice Robinson against the Good Brothers. Uh, I think we all knew this was going to come as soon as we saw Finn Juice come into the company. This is no real big announcement, no real surprise. Just thought they could have got there in a bit of a better way. We go to our next match of the evening. Brian Myers taking on Eddie Edwards with Matt Cardona as the special guest referee. Uh, Myers early on calls Matt Cardona mid-Cardona, which commentary then repeated. I think's quite funny uh, name for Zack Ryder there. Um, on commentary, they're saying that Eddie Edwards wears uh, bits of green on his attire as a tribute to Masawa. I always thought it was for the boston celtics but i might be wrong i mean the whole boston knee party thing and he's wearing green i don't know but apparently masawa which uh, is pretty cool we get the atomic drop and belly to belly throw to myers myers on the outside then grabs a steel chair but cardona gives him a warning edwards hits a tope con hilo over cardona as he's giving this warning to myers on the floor there's a flatliner from Myers for a two. Eddie hits an enziguri followed by the backpack stunner. and But Myers gets his feet to the ropes. 
Myers then hits his clothesline finisher, which he's calling the roster cut. But Cardona calls for the bell and refuses to go for the pin as he saw Myers load the elbow pad. And in the replay, we see uh, Myers putting like a, a metal slug, I think we call it in wrestling, metal slug into the elbow pad to knock out Edwards with that finish. So DQ win here for Eddie Edwards in 10 minutes, 42 seconds. Uh, this match didn't do a whole lot for me, but storyline-wise, I am kind of intrigued. I like the way they're building this. They didn't go to blows right away, but uh, obviously Brian Myers not best too pleased with his supposed best friend not turning a blind eye to the nefarious tactics there. We, My feed unfortunately cut out a little bit here, but we go backstage to a Diona Perazzo promo um, where she's saying that everyone thinks that I took out ODB and I don't think they should be concerned too much about ODB. They should be focusing more on me and more on the championship. But let's give credit where it's due. Of course I took out ODB. And tonight, Jordan Grace and Kira Hogan will find out what happens when you mess with the Virtuosa. Uh has pretty much got her promo down here. I, I think she's a pretty confident promo. And uh, yeah, th this wasn't bad at all. So we then get a rundown of the current card for Sacrifice. We have Swan taking on Moose for the Impact Championship. Good Brothers versus Finjuice for the Tag Championship. And TJP versus Ace Austin for the X Division Championship. Uh, so far, I, I think it's looking like a pretty good card. And then next week on the show, we're going to get Ace Austin taking on Chris Bay and Rohit Raju with Shira taking on James Storm and Chris Sabin in tag team action. That brings us to the main event of the evening. It's Diona Perazzo versus Kira Hogan versus Jordan Grace. There's a huge slam from Jordan to Kira for a two count. Grace then delivers her club-like clotheslines to the front and back of Kira. She kind of traps them and delivers with rights and lefts to the front and back. I, I think it always looks cool because Jordan's arms are huge. That, that would hurt. Diona then trips Jordan Grace as she's running the ropes. Diona goes for the Fujiwara armbar to Kira Hogan, but Jordan Grace breaks it up. We then get the Fujiwara to Jordan and then... Kira hits this great-looking top rope cross body, breaking that up. Uh, Kira then desperately starts attempting pin attempts on both. We get forearms from Kira and Jordan going back and forth. And then this awesome-looking roll-through into a German suplex from Jordan Grace. Uh, very much like uh, Chad Gable does. I can't quite remember the name of the move. But it's, it's basically the roll-through where it looks like you're going to go for a pin. Um, but then you pick right up into the deadlift German. Looked great. We then get a big spine buster from Grace to Diona, and thank you, see no evil in the Twitch room. Chaos Theory is the name of the move. That's why I go live on Twitch, guys. We then get the roundhouse kick from Kira to Jordan. Uh, rolling exploder from Diona to Kira, but Jordan breaks up the fall. Uh, Kira and Diona then go for a double suplex, but Grace escapes and takes them down with a double clothesline. Uh, Susan and Kimberly are now start fighting on the outside with Tasha Steeles and Taz. And as always, the whole match falls apart. Jordan dives to take them all out. 
She goes up the top for a Vader bomb, but Diana is pulled out the way to safety. And then she rolls up Jordan for the pin. And Diana Perazzo wins in 12 minutes. After the bell, Jordan starts to attack Tasha Steeles. And then ODB comes out and attacks Diana, leaving Diana Perazzo taken out, lying in the middle of the ring as ODB holds up the title in the air as she poses grabbing her breasts. Um, there, there were some good things in this match, but uh, unfortunately this whole show was a bit of a miss for me. From streaming issues aside, I just didn't think it, any of the matches particularly delivered. I like three, all, all three women here. There were definitely some nice things in this. I think uh, Jordan Grace was absolutely the star of this match for me. Uh, Kira's crossbody looked really nice. Um, I, I'd say it was match of the night, but I, I don't think the bar was particularly high this week, unfortunately. Um, which was a shame because I thought on paper I was quite looking forward to this show. It looks like we're getting ODB versus Diona Perazzo, which is not a direction I'd like. We we, we kind of sing the praises of the Impact Knockouts division, but then you're going to ODB to challenge for the title. I assume that's going to be at sacrifice. I hope the next big pay-per-view you have a bigger contender, but it still really looks like the division is just Jordan and Diana. They're the only two that really seem to be taken seriously. We've seen that match a bunch of times already. I wouldn't be surprised if we go to it down the line again. And honestly, it wouldn't particularly upset me because I, I think the two have put on really good matches. But I think it's really time to start elevating the other women in your division. Uh, the likes of Tennille, uh, obviously Kira and Tasha are your tag champs, but it start, we need to move away from the comedy with so many of these characters and start taking them a bit more seriously because we all know the talent's there. Um, just not always seeing it right now, which which is a shame because I think... I think Impact has a really strong knockouts division. Okay, well, that brings this week's Impact to an end. Um, thumbs down from me, unfortunately, which is a shame because they've had a, a pretty good run. Um, let's see if any of you happen to leave feedback this week. I know a lot of people were having issues with the show, so I wouldn't be surprised. But we do go to our Up Next Rumble winner, Chris Elliott, who says, from what I was able to see... The episode wasn't great. Certainly a must-do better on all parts for Impact. The Up Next stream was far better. Well, thank you, Chris. Yeah, don't know what was going on there this week, but hopefully it's something they can fix and uh, start start picking the show up a little bit more. We've got a couple of pay-per-views coming up, and uh, I think on paper so far, Sacrifice looks pretty good. Let's get the TV right back up there because Impact has been pretty decent the last few weeks. Um, yeah, well, well, that brings an end to tonight's Deep Impact. Bit of a shorter show than usual, obviously. Um, but thank you once again for joining us. Uh, I'm not going to run through all the shows we've got coming because there are so many, but please do check out our socials. We've got so much coming up. Not just the regular schedule, but all the stuff we've got going on Twitch. We've been doing... Uh, John Ceno and Mike Hogan have been doing a show called The Other Guys every Friday on on Twitch. It's going to be 6pm this Friday. They're talking all about the WandaVision finale and 
uh, all movies and TV they've kind of seen in the last week. It's a great discussion of just film and TV. That's on Twitch. And then we normally hang on after to do a Smackdown watch along and whatever watch along we fancy after that. So that's Fridays on Twitch. All our other stuff is all on the schedule there at Up Next Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. The Facebook group Up Next Podcast. You can follow me at Davey Portman. Uh, I'll give a little shout out for my usual co-host Andrew Thompson at AD Thompson underscore underscore. I'll be back tomorrow with Braden Harrington. Shot in the dark tomorrow afternoon. Thank you very much for your time, guys. Take care. Be safe. Ahoy. Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-on bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIO, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIO.